Blog Talk Radio. Politics will never be the same. Hello everyone, and welcome to the War Room with Big Sarge. Come join Big Sarge as he discusses politics, current events, and the disease that is called liberalism. This is the only show that lets liberals and conservatives debate important topics. Every show is live and unedited. They don't call this the war room for nothing, ladies and gentlemen. Now here's your host, Big Star. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the War Room with Big Sarge and J5O. Before we get into the show, I would like to introduce my new co-host, J5O. So if you see him in the chat room, congratulate him for coming on to the War Room team. Because it is the War Room, and politics will certainly never be the same. What a great show we have on deck for you tonight here in the War Room. Thank you for joining us tonight as we have three amazing guests and possibly a fourth one coming here, uh, calling in here in a few minutes. Uh, Forgive me as I adjust my microphone a little bit closer um, uh, to my face here. With three, uh, okay, uh, three amazing guests with three amazing perspectives. And again, possibly a fourth one calling in, hopefully. Uh, Tonight, our two-hour show will focus on three topics, North Korea, universities blocking conservative speakers, i.e. the Berkeley riots and uh, what we'd like to call Intifada, or Intifa, sorry, and the insurgence of Islam in Europe, radical Islam in Europe. Big Sarge will be your host and J5O your co-host as we moderate the discussions between three conservative panel members and possibly one liberal. We'll see if he calls in or if he's got the... He's got the balls to call in. (laughs) These topics are hot and the people are intelligent. This is an adult show and not for the faint of heart. We don't call this the war room for nothing, ladies and gentlemen. All right, you can follow us on Blog Talk Radio and come by our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash warroom101. That is www.facebook.com forward slash warroom101. We also have a Twitter page at the warroom101. We have some great information and some heated discussions on both our pages, so please stop by and become a part of history. All right, tonight we have three conservative guests, and yes, I said conservatives and no liberals, possibly uh, no liberals, so we'll see if that happens or not. But I, uh, we had a couple of liberals, uh, uh, right or left-wing um, uh, guys in here that were uh, on the de- from the Democratic Party, and I had two conservatives slash uh, 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 Republicans lined up, um, as you'll see tonight. Uh, however, at the last minute, the liberals... Uh, <laughs> they canceled on me at the last minute. So, you know what? We filled it with some with three great guests tonight and if the fourth one calls in, by you know, by all means that'll be great, but if not, oh well. So, anyhow, 
our Democratic guests canceled on us at the last minute because personally, I think they were scared. Yes, that's what I said, scared. I put the word out on our venues for any Democrats or any liberals to please come on to the show to debate the topics. However, as you can see, they have not joined us. So I say to all you liberals out, liberals out there listening and you Democrats, quit, quit whining about your rhetoric and grow a set of balls. Your losers, you losers are the reason why our country has been going downhill for the last eight years. Boy, I can't talk tonight. I don't know what's the matter with me. Well, thank God I got Jay here tonight. I might have to have him pick up the show. <laughs> you are the reason free speech has taken a tremendous hit at our colleges, and not only colleges, across the board in the United States. You are the reason our country is becoming too politically correct. And if I'm wrong, then come on to the show and prove it to me. We don't call this the war room for nothing, ladies and gentlemen, and that's for damn sure. Boy, talk about something that'll get you pumped up for a show. There you go. All right, let's introduce our guests. Our guests. <laughs> uh, our first guest is a uh, prominent black conservative and a very good friend of mine, probably one of the most intelligent men I know. He was on the show last week, and he's probably going to be a regular on the show, and I'd like to welcome him back. Uh, his name is Ronald Dilworth, a.k.a. Rondo. So welcome back, Rondo. We appreciate you coming on the show. My next guest, his uh, name is Matthew Yarborough. He's a former U.S. Army mechanic and veteran, currently one of the best welders in the nation and another personal friend of mine. Uh, again, Matt, thanks for coming on to the show. And my last um, panel member here, excuse me, my last panel member, his name is Chris Norris, a.k.a. we call him Chuck Norris. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. Big Sergeant J50 has Chuck Norris on their show tonight. <laughs> He's a former U.S. Army tanker and veteran, now working in the law enforcement field. So welcome, uh, gents. Jay and I appreciate you coming on to the show. Now, before we get started, and I unmute everybody, I uh, got a few rules, all right? These rules are, are pretty easy to follow. Uh, it's only four rules. But I ask that each and every one of you uh, kind of take a minute, listen to what I got to say uh, about this, and, uh, and follow them. I mean, they're, they're quite simple. Uh, number one, myself or Jay will make a statement, and then we'll ask a question. We will then proceed one by one to allow you to answer the question. Once everyone has a chance to speak, we will leave the floor open for debate or discussion. Please take advantage of the open floor because anyone can talk about anything at any time. So please, when the floor gets open, ladies and gentlemen, by all means, go ahead. Let's talk. Be respectful. Number two, be respectful and try not to step over each other when the floor is open. It's called common courtesy, ladies and gentlemen. I think we all can, can show that a little bit. And uh, like I said, we got all conservatives on here tonight, so I don't see, a, I don't see an issue with that. I'm sure it's going to be quite courteous on the floor when it's open. Uh, sometimes the debate might get heated, but remember, we are all here for the same reason. All right. Number three. Try to refrain from having background noise. This is especially for the panel members. Uh, your mic will be open, and we ask you not to have any background disturbance if possible. 
Um, background noise tends to be an issue because when um, it'll pick up on the, excuse me, on the show, and um, for the show to go along smoothly and for us to completely be able to understand what you're trying to your your point trying to get across to us, uh, we ask that uh, each of the callers try to be in an area where there is little to no possible background noise. We appreciate that. All right, number four. If your cell or phone line is breaking up bad, sorry, Rondo, you know this is about you. <laughs> uh, and of course, this is about anybody that, that, that calls on. We will mute you, ask that you recall back into the show. If the problem persists, we'll have no choice but to keep you on mute until the issue is resolved. Now, we had an issue last week. I think maybe um, there were some storms coming through or, or Rondo just was in a bad uh, area that had some reception and uh, he was going in and out. But, I mean, we, we got the gist of what his conversation was last week, and, and we just uh, we just uh, pushed through it. So these are the rules, ladies and gentlemen. Quite simple, quite easy. So chat room's starting to fill up right now. I got my co-host on. Uh, how about you, J50? You got me? Yes, sir. Got you loud and clear, my friend. What's up, Big Sarge? What's up to uh, everybody on the panel? Looking forward to a good show tonight. <laughs> Very nice. There's J50, my co-host. Boy, I tell you what, last week he pulled me out of a bind. I got booted. Uh, BTR kind of gave me the boot, and uh, he picked up uh, quite well and ran with it. So, you know, it was a no-brainer. I asked him to come on as my co-host, and um, lo and behold, here he is, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to keep you uh, unmuted right now, Jay, um, from here on out for the show. All right. Uh, I want to welcome everybody. I want to thank everybody who's listened to the show, and I want to let everybody know how much Jay and I appreciate them uh, calling in. Uh, which, speaking of which, on our Saturday night show now, it's Saturday night show tomorrow. It's uh, Open Topic Saturday. We will take callers tonight. We might not take any callers. It all depends on how the conversation goes. But as of right now, tonight, there will be no callers. But tomorrow on Saturday's show, which airs at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the same time as tonight, we will take callers. So you can call into the show tomorrow. Jay and I will be hosting another show tomorrow, and it's called Open Topic Saturday. So uh, watch out for that. But anyhow, we, we do appreciate everybody that has given us listens has given us archive listens and of course who is listening in live the show right now we really appreciate it without your support this show couldn't go on so again thank you from the bottom of my heart and thank you from jay as well all right our stats just from our first show uh, are amazing i mean i've got email after email facebook message after facebook message uh and uh, and then on our on our the war room Facebook page itself, we've gotten such great feedback. Even though we had technical issues on the first show, we've gotten some really great feedback about the first show and about and about the show in general. And uh, people are really excited to see where this show is going to go. So again, uh, we appreciate all the listens out there, and we appreciate people listening in live. And we'll definitely appreciate you when you call in tomorrow, <laughs> if you call in tomorrow. So again, before I close it out and we get into the first subject tonight, um, I want to congratulate Jay once again. And uh, you, he's going to definitely be a huge asset. I have no doubt in my mind that he's already a huge asset to the show, to the war room, and uh, to all the listeners out there uh, that will be contributing to the conversations here on our Open Topic Saturdays and our Roundtable Fridays. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and unmute each and every one of you here. 
and uh, I'm going to go down the list here in a minute. Remember, if you're you're coughing, if you're sneezing um, or anything like that, you are now unmuted. So that will come over. Um, that will come over the show. So make sure that you are. Um, and and again, I asked um, if you guys do have cell phones, don't put it on speaker because you'll get a lot of feedback. The show will get a lot of feedback. So keep it on regular um, and up to your ear where you can actually uh, listen to it uh, because there will be some feedback um, on, on the show. So our number one subject in this country has been in the news a lot lately. Um, it seems that uh, the person in charge of, of, of this country has a, uh, a bone to pick with the United States of America and, and how we do business. And that's North Korea. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson called on the world community today to drastically increase pressure on North Korea, warning that failure to do so could be catastrophic and that the United States is prepared to take military action against the rogue regime if necessary. I listened in this morning or this afternoon um, when uh, Tillerson was um, talking to the uh, U.N. Security Council and and you know what? Believe it or not, there was a lot of support behind the United States on that. A lot of the countries were talking about North Korea and the threat that exists that is North Korea. So that that was good to see. Now, if we can only get Russia and and China on board, everything would be uh, a lot better. <clears throat> so. All uh, Tillerson said that all options for responding to future provocations must remain on the table. Diplomatic and financial leverage or power will be backed up by willingness to counteract North Korean aggression with military action if necessary. The U.S. would much prefer countries and people in question to own up to their lapses or correct their behavior themselves, Tillerson said, referring to nations that haven't fully enforced sanctions in the past on North Korea. But we will not hesitate to sanction third country entities and individuals supporting the DPRK's illegal activities. And that's very important. We'll get to that in just a second here. Uh, For too long, the international community has been reactive and not proactive, Tillerson said, telling the Security Council that the era of strategic patience is over. The more we bide our time, the sooner we will run out of it. So, ladies and gentlemen, with that said, um, basically Tillerson is saying, look, if you're another country that is not doing anything in regards to North Korea or is not supporting sanctions, uh, you're going to have a bone to pick with the United States. And I think that's probably a good uh, a good first step in the right direction for Tillerson, at least. At least he's shown a, a hard staunch stance in, in the North Korean direction. And I think that's what we need because the last eight years we have been nothing but pushed over in regards to North Korea. So my question for the panel um, is, do you think we will go to war with North Korea? And if so, can we win? All right. And take as much time as you want to to answer that question. I'm going to start out with uh, Matt Yarborough. Go ahead, Matt. Answer that question. Do you think we will go to war with North Korea? And if so, can we win? Well, um, I don't think we're going to go to war with them. I mean – Really, Tillerson was, I mean, come on, let's face it. He was talking to China and Russia, but he wasn't just going to drop names on them, you know. Because mm-hmm. uh, they're the ones that are help, the only countries really helping North Korea out. I mean, other than that, what do they have? They don't have anything. I mean, so in China, I think, is getting a little bit wiser and saying, hey, you know what? You know, if we're going to go to war, it's going to be World War Three 
easily, you know. Right. Uh, and I don't think they want that just as much as nobody else wants that, really. And they're trying right. to tell North Korea, hey, I, I think they're finally wising up to it, you know. And and that means that, you know, they're like, they're going to stop uh, giving them food and money and everything else that they've been getting them. And they've already stopped some of the trades with the coal, taking it from them. So uh, I don't think we would go to war with them. I think it's going to get stopped beforehand. But if we do go to war with them, I think we would win with very little altercation because I don't think China really wants to step up and back North Korea. You know, right, so right. I don't, I don't see. I mean, China, yes, they got a huge military, twice the size of ours, but I don't really think they want to use their resources that way. You know. <clears throat> right. All right. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. Um, so we're going to go into our next panel member. Um, so, Rondo, what do you think? Uh, are we going to uh, go to war with North Korea? And if so, can we win? Well, I, I, I got extremely. I'll tell you what the deal is. Korea, North Korea has been extorting. They, they make a big fuss and threaten people. Uh, back when Clinton, Bill Clinton was president, Carter went in there and they gave them $5 million and you know, told them, yeah, let's that stop that stuff. But I, from what I can understand, they, they crossed, double crossed that agreement before the unique was even drowned. And that's what all this is about. It's about uh, it's trying to extort some money. Why else would they? What bone has they, have they have to pick? What else? I guess the fact that we have money, and they supposedly were concerned about them firing missiles and getting nuclear weapons. So that's what I, just, I don't think they're going to do that. Today they launched, they, they launched a missile, which I heard possibly that we hacked. But it was a mid-range missile. It wasn't an ICBM. Hey Rondo, it's uh, again. You're starting to fade in and out again. Uh, do me a favor. Um, I don't know if you're talking directly into your cell phone, or if you're talking kind of away from your cell phone, or if you have it on speakerphone. But if it's on speakerphone, take it off speakerphone, and then uh, try to talk to 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 it that way, and see if it's any better. Or try to move it a little bit closer to uh, the speaker or the uh, the microphone, and uh, uh, go ahead and continue and see if that works. Okay, well, I was going to call back on another line, if that would help. Okay, yeah, try to call back on on another line if that helps. It seems like you're fading in and out again. All right, so it does look like right. the 212 number. Okay, all right, all right. We'll uh, all right. we'll get Rondo back in uh, back in the game here in just a second. Uh, again, apologize uh, for that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, but we'll go ahead and go on to uh, Mr. Chuck Norris next. So, Chuck, do you think we're going to go to war with North Korea, and if so, can we win? I don't think we're going to go to war with North Korea. I think China's going to put too much pressure on North Korea and, you know, serving over there as you did and as uh, Matt did. Um, North Korea relies on a lot of support from China. Um, they can barely take care of their own people over there. Um, I don't, you know, I really don't think that we're going to go to war with them just because of the pressure China and possibly Russia will put on them um, because, you know, if we go to war with them, China doesn't want us at their back door. Russia doesn't want us at their back door. Um, and we all know from being over there, that's what will happen. Um, if we did go to war with them, I don't think it would last too long. I mean, the South Korean military, 
um, I think could pretty much take care of most of it themselves, with, even without our involvement. Um, you know, they have a pretty strong military themselves. Okay, all right. Um, with that said, um, we're going to give Rondo another try Try here. He called in on another number. Uh, so go ahead, Rondo, pick up where you left off and uh, see if this is any better. Go ahead, sir. Okay, yes. I'm trying to get over what I was saying. So this whole thing is about their extorting money. That's basically what an extorting aid. And China, they, at one time, back when China was, was fully communist, they liked North Korea being there as a buffer between, you know. But I don't think they have the same, you know, standards that, that today. I don't think mm-hmm. it, it, it may not bother them that much that maybe, the, you know, influence is creeping up because we're already in there, you know, with businesses and stuff like that. So I know they feel that it's bad for business. Right. And China, China is very much in the business mm-hmm. these days. It's very important to them. It's the reason why their military has been improving over the years is because they have capitalism as an engine to get that technology. Mm-hmm. But right. I don't think if I don't think he wants to push it to that. And besides, if the army goes to war, who's going to keep the people under control? Right. I don't think they can I don't think they can afford troops, you know, away from the, watching the people to go fight somebody else. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's first, a very good very good point. You know, so I We'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to get that way at all. I don't think they want to push it that far. All right. Well, thanks for your input, Rondo. Uh, before I open the floor, I'm going to hear what Jay has to say. Go ahead, Jay. Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, the basic problem is it's unlikely that a U.S. strike could actually wipe out nuke, uh, North Korea's nuclear arsenal completely anyway. And it's not going to prevent Kim Jong-un from doing anything. Um North Korea has demonstrated a willingness to do things like uh, sink uh, South Korean warships without provocation. Uh, they wouldn't have any problem lobbing bombs into uh, South Korea. It really boils down to um, it's, not, it's not the risk to the U.S. It's the risk to our allies, the risk to South Korea. And is that something that, that we would want to do? Could we win a, a war? If we want to go boots on the ground, yeah, it depends on where we stood with China. Um, but as far as just going in and doing a strike um, like we did in Syria or Afghanistan, I really don't think there's going to be uh, much of an effect. Uh, I mean, it would send a point, but I think it would open up Pandora's box from that point. Well, here's my stance on it. Trump says that there's a chance that we could end up having a major, major conflict with North Korea. And he said, absolutely, 110% this could happen. Um now, if we do have war, uh, this is hypothetically speaking, um, of course, let me, let me backtrack a second and, uh, and, and throw this out at the, uh, at the group here. Um, the, uh, nor- if North Korea gets nukes, if they're able to, to manufacture nuclear warheads and, and actually get a um, – a uh, a rocket to work <laughs> for that matter. And they actually, yeah, no, and and they get it uh, to where they can actually attack our west coast. Do you think that's a game changer? And I'll leave the floor open for that. Oh, <laughs> go ahead, anybody. Most certainly. I mean, if they could reach us, for sure. But 
like Jay said, you know, really North Korea is it, it's not going to bother us because they can't do anything. It's it bothers our ally South Korea. You know, I, I totally agree with that. But if they could hit us, for sure, that's a game changer. I mean, but I mean, really, do you want to go up and slap the bull on the ass and see if he's gonna get you with the horns? I mean, <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> Uh, if their test fire right. has anything to do with their capability of hitting us, I don't think we have a lot of worry. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, he, Kim. Now we got to remember, Kim's only twenty-seven years old. He's young. Um, I'll tell you what. Right now, I, I truly believe that uh, the guy's going to try to um, do something to to prove that you know he's in control of his country, and he's crazy enough to actually get nuclear weapons and use them either on the United States or South Korea or even one of our allies such as Japan in the in the area. And um I'm telling you right now if that happens, uh, if we continue to allow that to happen and, and you know what sanctions only works in in my opinion sanctions only work for a, a certain extent of time. Um bef- you can sanction a, a country and you can, you can, uh, you know, economically and financially sanction them, uh, you know, trade sanction them, uh, do whatever you want. Uh, but the country, like a country like North Korea, uh, will find a way to make money. We'll find a way to survive. We'll find a way to fund or if not fund, but feed their military. Uh, uh, oh to, yeah. The black market's huge. Oh yeah. Especially in, uh, in Korea. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, I mean. Tillerson said that the U.S. is open for talks and diplomacy. However, he doubts that dictator Kim will not be open for diplomacy or talks. And you know what? We know North Korea. Now, listen, listen, guys. We know North Korea is an isolationist country. What's to say? And, and Matt and and Matt and myself and and Chuck. We were up on the border at the DMZ. We know how crazy those sons of bitches are. Yeah. They, they, yeah, sat, they, are. they, they saber rattle all the time. I mean, they just they shoot at us. They shoot across the border. They don't care. Go ahead, Rondo. Can, can, can I say put it the board? There's several points I'd like to make because I've been listening to this. One is that what is in it for if it if it gets down to really the missiles start flying. Do you think the generals who really know the capability of their military are going to let him do it? It'd be easier to put a bullet in his head. You know what? That's a because, damn good statement. That's a damn good question, too, Ron. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They know what the deal They know the military. If this kid may think he's hot shit, but the generals know what the deal is. They know what we have to a certain extent. They know what they have. And when he, if he starts pushing it, they might just put a bullet in his head. Right. I'm not right. saying it will happen. Right. I'd say it could happen. Yeah. And and as far That's as Trump true, is concerned, talk, I'm sorry, not to cut you off. Let me finish this for the No, thing. no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rondo. Okay. If if Trump says it's going to be a major, it could be a major, major. Who is that message for? Is it for us or is it for them? Right. It could be for the world, Rondo. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's where where it gets sounded out at. Right, right. Uh, go ahead, Matt. I, you know, I agree with a lot of what you said, you know, but not to make a comparison, but uh, you, somebody could have put a bullet in Adolf's head, you know, but it never happened. They tried. But, <laughs> yeah. Right. They, they but, tried. Uh, 
I, yeah, I know I tried, but back to it, you know, um, I think what we have with Kim is we have a young 20 year old pissed off kid who took over a country because of his father and his grandfather. And he's trying to own up. And I think he's trying to tell the world, Hey, I'm here. This is my country. And this is what I'm going to do. But he's doing it all the wrong way. But I mean, come on, he was born and bred that way. And, you know, brainwashed from birth. So, I think he's just trying to make a name for himself and he's doing all this to show, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm stronger than my father. I'm stronger than my grandfather. I'm not afraid of everybody. Um, but I do think his generals hold a lot of power because they know what they're going up against. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's easy for them. I mean, he's not going to be out there leading the front lines. I mean, it's his, it's his generals that, that are going to do it. And, um, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, we saw in, in the, you know, in Desert Storm where, you know, some of the Iraqis surrendered, you know, before even shots were fired because, you know, they know what they were up against. They didn't want to die. And I don't think a lot of his people want to die either. Right, right. Well, I mean, crazy's crazy no matter how you look at it. And, and I think, uh, what was it, a few months ago, he did, the, well, the word on the street was that he did execute one of his generals because he found that that general was trying to do a plot against him to, to overthrow him or not overthrow him, to try to do something against the Kim family. And he found out about it, and he ended up ex- and he ended up executing him. All right, I don't yeah. know. One of you guys got some feedback. Yeah. I think it's you, Jay. Somebody got feedback. I don't know who it is. Uh, check is your phones, me? if you will, please. Um, I don't know. That was his, that was his uncle, wasn't it? Was it his uncle? Yeah, it might have been his uncle. Yeah, that I think he did. it was his uncle. Sure. That he shot with yeah. the anti-aircraft gun. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> oh, that 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 goes to show you right there. If he's willing to shoot family. What the hell is he willing to yeah. do against a country he has despised for for years? Yeah, no, he don't care about the rest of the world. Yeah. But we got to choke him. And when well, I mean we got to choke him, I mean China actually has to, you know, hold up their end and choke him. You know, he had his brother. I'm forgetting he had his brother hit in Indonesia, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. he did. Yep. <laughs> So what well, do you do it's kind of hard to like reason this? with with crazy people. I mean, he's I mean he's completely out there, but you know, there's more. You know, his military leaders and uh, there's more of them, and one can hope that you know they would actually stand up to him. I mean, but it's hard well, you got to kill. They're going to have to kill family him. members. And, well. Here's a question that I would like to pose to the panel. Um, actually, what made it pop in my head is the fact that you guys were talking about how crazy the situation is and how crazy uh, Kim Jong-un is. Um, one of our listeners, Calvis LaPrairie, uh, he said that uh, sometimes you got to fight crazy with crazy. If we can't do this through military means because we don't want to um, get – you know, start another world war, get China and Russia involved, and we can't do it with sanctions, then how do we take care of this situation? Because he just sits there and saber rattles and talks about what he's going to do to the U.S., and we really aren't doing anything back. I mean, we're a superpower. If we're going to be a superpower, we need to uh, 
We need to be able to step in in situations like this. If we're not going to be a superpower and we're just going to stay to ourselves, then we need to start staying out of everyone's business. So what well, do you I, guys think? I, I think I well, I, I agree to a certain extent with that. I don't I don't think I don't think we have to get if they well if they pull if they pull lever as they say then, then we got to throw down on them. I, it goes without saying, but. I don't think we have to be to sit and take it. We could put pressure on them. We'd have that carrier group out there. Is, it ain't no joke. You know right. what I'm saying? And we'll leave, yeah, the they, British I, have a great military. Yeah. So if they, I would people, I think someone on, on Facebook asked, you know, what would happen? And I would say, well, I tend to think at that moment that the carrier group would defend itself on the platform that fired at them whether it be planes mm-hmm. or missile emplacements or whatever, and that would be the end of it once that's destroyed. Unless somebody upstairs says, no, we need to go a little further than that. But that, that's where I think the stance would be, and that would be pressure enough to let them know that, hey, you know, okay, we hear what, 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 <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. So you're basically, you're basically saying, uh, Rondo, you're basically saying that you think in the beginning that it's just going to be a show of force on either side. It's going to be who fires first, you know, whether or not they're testing the waters and who fires back and what message they, uh, yeah, exactly. they send and they okay. fire back. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's like the Cuban Missile Crisis all over again. Well, I don't yeah. think it's that bad. <clears throat> it's not as bad as that. I don't think the, the North Korea, it, it I'm sure they must. They may have the ability to pick up a, a, a nuke or two, but I don't think they have as many as Russia. I don't think they have as many as no. China. <laughs> no, you know no. what I'm saying. So, so that's what I'm saying. You know, if they're gonna here's a question. Yeah. What if hypothetically China wasn't going to back North Korea? I don't think China from, is going to uh, back North care Korea. Of them. If if we knew for well, a that's fact, that's the only that... thing that's kept us from them uh, doing anything to them in the past is China. If we knew for a fact that China wasn't going to uh, intervene on their behalf, then I say we give him the Muammar Gaddafi uh, treatment. <laughs> well, I don't know. You see, now, now you're getting regime change, and that's always a slippery slope. Right. Yep. You know, Though I, I appreciate that. It wouldn't be a bad thing. I'm sure his people would like to, for the fact for him to be gone in that whole system. You know, but you know the reason why China get backed up Korea in the first place again during during the Korean War was that they were getting right. their butt whipped, and they didn't want they didn't they needed a buffer between them and at least South Korea where there was an American presence. That made sense then. Right. Whether it makes sense now, I I'm not so sure. No, right. I, I don't believe it does because I mean. How many embassies do we have in China now? And exactly. I'm sure so what forces what, over there? Right. So what, the, the North Korea has less of a purpose now in that regard than it did back then. And right, the fact that things have changed. I'm sorry. Uh, that's true. Thing. A lot of things have changed over those yeah, years. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. China. I mean, most of our stuff comes from China now. So. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, another thought that I like, and I got to give Calvis a shout out. He's giving some really good uh, feedback out there. Uh, he says that there are uh, that the people think that uh, Kim Jong uh, is a god, and that his family are gods, and they've been brainwashed to that point. So, uh, do you think there's any way that we could uh, we could sway opinion, and uh, if we did do a regime change? Well, listen, oh, I, yeah. I, I don't know if they, if they actually. Well, that they, they may 
say, yeah, worship a like a god, but if you have to do it, it's not exactly faith. It's survival. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's really it really is because they have to say, oh yeah, we're doing, we're praying to them or whatever, or they're going to be killed I, if they're not. You know, yeah, I think they're all kinds of shit. Well, certain times personal. of the day, they actually have to pray to him, and if not, you know, they'll be afraid of getting killed. If we could exactly. get over there, if we could get over there, get boots on the ground. I mean, if it came to that, we get boots on the ground and start controlling uh, areas. Humanitarian aid is going to win that for us. The people are starving over there. Yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And they and they'd be happy to get the get the get the off off their necks. They really would, and get some food. You know, you know, I would happen to disagree with that. And here's my reasoning behind that. I think just like the Middle Eastern folks that are over there in the Middle East, they are so ingrained in their ways. They've lived like that for thousands and thousands of years, which North Korea has, you know, even prior to North Korea being North Korea, uh, you know, they were that uh, they they were a dynasty before that. So they're used to worshiping their emperors or their, uh, you know, their dynasty bosses. And now the Kim, the Kim family is technically a dynasty boss. So, they're, they're used to that type of lifestyle. And I, I, I don't think that uh, humanitarian effort, you know, would be a way to go for that type of uh, regime change or that type of winning the hearts and minds of the folks over there. Um, the only way that we'll be able to defeat North Korea is by going out um, full out war with them. Well, can well, I also say something? I agree with you to a certain extent. They, they may be indoctrinated. The unfortunate thing is, though, is they have cousins in South Korea with, with Samsung phones and driving Hyundai cars. You know? But a lot of the people in North Korea don't know that. If you, if you, if you, I, some do, and I'm willing to bet you they they sneak stuff in what would be known as contraband or get bootleg broadcasts from South Korea. I'm pretty sure they're broadcast. You just can't be caught listening to it. Right, right. Well, we got another right. caller, and I believe I believe it might be Rich on the phone. Uh, and let's see if he can. Is that you, Rich? Absolutely. How's it going? Sorry, Sorry, going? Welcome, welcome to the welcome to the uh, the war room uh, with uh, Big Sergeant J Five O. So, do you got anything to add to this? Since uh, you're a newcomer into the conversation here. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. North Korea, uh, like many of you gentlemen were saying, are not really a direct threat to us by any means whatsoever. <laughs> Um, you know, they are a threat to, you know, South Korea and Japan, for example. Um, however, I don't think uh, China wants there to be any issues with uh, the U.S. and North Korea because of their border with uh, uh, North Korea. And I just don't see them with the influx of refugees that they would have coming over, allowing, you know, the U.S. to actually attack North Korea. I think before that, we would actually attack them. China will kind of intervene and, you know, put North Korea in their place, if you will. To some extent, before we do it, Kim Jong, yeah, well, Kim Jong Un, if you will, you know, I'm sorry, I I, I forget how many of them there are now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Kim Jong Un or Un or something. Yeah, he's fully aware of you know the military power of the United States, Germany, you know, France, China, Japan versus what his country currently has, and you know, there's like some other people were saying. You know, his people don't have anything to eat right now. Um, they can't even afford to, you know, get their soldiers better weapons than Soviet-era weapons at this point. He knows that his time is basically running out over there, and he's doing whatever he can at this point to hold on to power, which is unfortunately to uh, 
start a war to rally support behind them. Right, yeah, right. That makes and, and and a lot of people, a lot of people out there, and I, uh, myself included, uh, because we've been away from there for so long, we have to remember the Alaskan in the chat room made a very good point. We're still technically at war there. We're only in a living ceasefire agreement. That's it. And it's yeah, been that true. way for 50 years. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the, any, anything can happen at any time. With the refugees, they, the refugees are already, and they have been leaving for a very long time. I mean, I can give you an example. Uh, I was on a trip in Russia a long time ago, and we were the southeastern part corner of Russia, which is right above the China and North Korea. And all the cities were filled with these North Koreans that spoke North Korean, and uh, they also spoke Russian. It was mind-boggling because I, I didn't understand it. But right. they're already trying to run and get out as fast as they can without being yeah, killed. But, but Russia Russia, and China are not the United States. You're not just going to waltz into their country and have open arms and uh, Moscow all of a sudden become a, 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 a sanctuary city. I mean, they're yeah. not going to do that. Well, true, but where they're going across, I mean, you think about it, where Moscow, the capital is, it's uh, 12 time zones away. They don't even know who's coming into their country. <laughs> yeah, that is true. you're right about that. That is very yeah. true. Yeah, because they have a big problem over there, too, with, with immigration. Right. Especially on a, a lot of the middle, not only not only from uh, Korean, from the Korean standpoint, from which we'll talk about later in our show, but the uh, Middle Eastern standpoint as well. So yeah, I mean, uh, their immigration control oh, in Russia is not is not even nowhere near uh, as good as ours. I mean, the immigration in the Middle East—that's uh, a whole other topic. But when I went from Kuwait into Iraq, all it was was a six-inch high dirt burn between the two countries. Right. <laughs> it's right. laughable. I mean, they, they, you can walk everywhere. Wow, wow. So I think we're all in agreement that we're probably not going to go to war anytime soon uh, with, with North Korea. So with that Sorry, said, buddy, we're going to go ahead. Sorry, buddy, can't pick up your arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so with that said, um, we're going to go into our second topic, and I'm going to go ahead and turn that over to J50. So go ahead, Jay. All right, guys. Um in my opinion, uh, we're about to talk about one of the uh, the three plagues that's plaguing the United States right now. Um, we're going to talk about Antifa. In the United States, Antifa stands for Anti-First Amendment. Now, while many claim that the group is anti-fascist, their actions have focused on shouting down and, in some cases, physically attacking those who oppose progressive big government. They have been known to attend Trump rallies all over the country, spreading hatred and violence. Not only that, the would-be anti-government protesters come to Berkeley to block um, Milo Yiannopoulos and Ann Coulter from speaking. Now, tomorrow during the Harrisburg Trump rally, an offshoot of Antifa uh, is uh, rallying against Trump supporters and claim they will shut down the rally by any means necessary. That's including violence. Now, here's the question for the panel. Should Antifa be considered a terrorist group, and should the government shut them down? If they did, would it go against the First Amendment of free speech? And I'm going to pass this off to Rondo to start this uh, conversation. Well, I, I tend to think at this juncture that, no, they're not a terrorist. They could be in the future, but I don't think they are now. What they are is a thugs and hooligans. 
That's what they are. And I was, and strangely enough that you mentioned it because I asked the question on Facebook. I asked the, the, my general friends on Facebook whether any conservative group or even the most white supremacy, racist white supremacist group you ever heard supporting an attack on, on the First Amendment. Only they do that. Mm-hmm. And I and I find that fascinating as hell. But I don't think they're a terrorist group. I you know, I think they they're, they're flashing the paper. Remember Occupy Wall Street? Where are those people now? <laughs> You're saying flash in the pan a lot like Occupy. Yeah. All right, Matthew. What do you have to say? Uh. Well, first of all, they're an oxymoron. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Actually, Right, you want to take away your freedom of speech, but you're using your freedom of speech to do it. Okay, I, I don't. That doesn't make any sense. Well, the same thing and, with their with their an anti-white race group, as they were putting out flyers saying that any propagation with the white race was an affront against uh, uh, against pretty much everyone that's not white. Um, but uh, anyway, go ahead. I was just agreeing with you on the whole yeah. uh, oxymoron. You know, they're supposed to be all right. and loving, and, and they want all uh, races to be included yeah, that, except for whites. Exactly. I mean, it, it, the, the whole the whole thing's an oxymoron, all right? They should rename it that, okay? But, I mean, if there was a group leader or there was a head or members, yeah, if they're going to continue being violent and – uh, blocking ways and or you know uh, at these rallies and whatnot, then you need to uh, suppress them just the way you suppress any violent mob. Okay, that's how you deal with that. Uh, yeah, when they break for, the law, arrest them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But exactly. <laughs> all right, Chris, where do you think? That, I mean, I have to agree with everybody else. I mean, they seem like a bunch of idiots. I mean, I didn't really know much about them living outside my bubble until I, I you know, <laughs> read up on them today. But they, you know, they seem like a bunch of bullies. I mean, thugs, I mean, they can't uh, show their faces in public in fear of people retaliating against them. But they like to start fights, um, it seems like, from reading – numerous Facebook posts, even the members that have Facebook don't show any pictures of themselves on there. I mean, you know, we're in a a country where, you know, everyone has their opinions and everyone has their beliefs and, you know, we all shouldn't be afraid to say what we believe in, but, you know, because you don't like what I have to say doesn't mean you come out and attack me or or try to, to fight me because you don't like what I say, you know. There's good debate, and we'll just agree to disagree, but they just seem like a bunch of, of thugs that, you know, have no clue what they're doing or where they're going or even know what the hell they stand for. Well, they they're, they have righteous indignation on their side, you see, and because they're right and moral, they can do these things, you see, but you can't. You, you other people to disagree with them, well, you're not moral, you're Whatever. Well, I find it disturbing, uh, and I heard a lot of this stuff. Uh, people don't want people to talk about climate change and, and be skeptical about it. <laughs> you know, they want you to <laughs> shut up, oh, yo. Yeah, yeah. One of the uh, one of the big members of Antifa is a, a group called Refuse Fascism, 
and uh, their uh, <laughs> their their initiators, Bill Ayers, number one on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. figures. What about you, Rich? Where do I begin? Um, <laughs> how can I put it? All right, uh, to start with Berkeley. Okay, um, how can I put it? Us liberals, you really don't see us starting fights often. Um, I would say that some of the people that went there uh, for the conservative side, you know, knew what they were getting into and went there with those intentions. That doesn't mean that the left wasn't actually, you know, being combative back with everything. Um, You know, I highly disagree with them and how they were protesting Ann Coulter being able to speak there. She should be able to speak there. Um, Oh, boy, where do I (laughs) – um, Say what's you, on your mind, man. Say what's on your mind. Say what's on your mind. I like, hear you. It's the war room, man. Like, all right. All right. Well, look at it when Obama was president, okay? Like all you guys are saying, oh, they should accept this, blah, blah, blah. How was it when Obama <laughs> was president? You've seen Tea Party people out there saying he's from Kenya, this, that, the other thing. You know, it was okay when the left was in charge for you guys to gripe about it. But now but, that but you guys have this, full oh, control of everything, you Hold know, on, let him never like, beat you know, we're up. supposed to just shut up to a degree. And, no, oh, yeah. Uh, but the team, I never beat anybody up. Yeah, they never wore masks. Uh, let let Rich finish uh, his point because we're we're going down. We're we're doing the the uh, ask the question and the floor's not actually open yet. Yeah, so uh, let, open yet. Let, yeah, go ahead. Well, and let I mean, Rich I'll finish be honest. Like, I mean, with floor. me being on my phone right now, I really can't look it up. But I'm sure that there has been incidents where you know people on the left have been attacked when Obama was president over you know, protests and whatnot, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, that goes with both sides. Um, you know, honestly, I personally feel as though, you know, how someone mentioned the people on Wall Street, if the people on, on the Occupy Wall Street people and the Tea Party people realize that their enemies are basically the same people and those that are in power and they would actually compromise and they would actually become something more like a big center, if you will. And that's more what we need right now because, you know, you have everybody going to the extreme right or the extreme left, and there's no compromise anymore. That's right, right. right. That's quite true. All right, let, let, yeah, let me true. make let me make my points, and then uh, then we'll go. We'll have the uh, we'll we'll put the floor open. Uh, to me, the the anti fall is is um, <laughs> anti capitalistic, anti personal free freedom, like we stated before. You know, of course, unless you agree with them, uh, anti spiritual and and anti point whatever. Uh, they harbor a social superior, a superiority with a lack of civility or natural intelligence. I mean, the guys run around in masks. I mean, come on, how how, uh, how um, does, that doesn't that doesn't even scream uh, civility in, in my opinion. You know, they're well known for not being able to hold any sort of protest or demonstration without becoming rowdy, damaging property, or even attempting to use violence, which is noted numerous times. Now, going back to the whole Berkeley thing. The mayor of Berkeley, Jesse Arguin, just was revealed to be a member of the of an offshoot of anti of Antifa called um, uh, BAM by any means necessary. He's on Facebook. He's a personal friend of the 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 lady that runs it. BAM orchestrated the violence to shut down a scheduled lecture at UC Berkeley featuring Milo that we talked about earlier. Um. Like I said, Arguin, who's the mayor um, at Berkeley, is also uh, friends with uh, Yvette Falarca, who uh, runs uh, 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 By Any Means Necessary, who was just recently on CNN stating that they do incite 
riots, and they do promote violence to get their point across. She said, and I quote, we think the left is getting too soft. That's why we come into being. Now, my question is, now, I understand what Richard said about uh, the Tea Party uh, going against Obama, and there was organizations that, that, that went against the, uh, the Obama administration, of course, but how many of those organizations off the top of your head do you know that, uh, um, that, ra- that, that uh, you know, basically spread violence and tore down cities or parts of college campuses? I, I don't think any uh, that I can think of off the top of my head, any conservative group, for, that, for a matter of fact, has done any of that you know, protesting against Obama. And on that, I'll leave the floor open. It's, it's kind of hard to protest in Birkenstocks. <laughs> 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 Sorry. All right, uh, well, I have I a question. Um, here recently uh, on Twitter, after the battle for Berkeley, uh, they were basically licking their wounds, admitting that they had, uh, they had lost. And, um, there was a lot of talk about um, training, paramilitary type training, and arming with uh, with guns. Basically, saying that people aren't afraid of people with flags and bats, but people with flags, bats, and guns would get their point across. Um, if they're talking about arming and they're being backed by uh, Ayers and Soros, which has already been proven, what makes them not a terroristic organization? Okay. Nothing. Right. I mean, a little bit but, of rebuttal there. I've said that they weren't now, but they probably will be. That's what I said. Because I agree with you. They're working up to that, surely. Yeah. I mean, we've taken out all the other militant groups in the United States in the past, you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, look look at Waco, you know. They they armed themselves. (laughs) Look what happened. I need a little rebuttal to this, gentlemen. Uh, You know, uh, it it happens on both sides. Look at when you had armed militias on the right uh, exercising their Second Amendment right, walking around with uh, weapons in public. Yeah. Imagine if that was black lives. You know, imagine, and I'm just saying, hypothetically speaking, imagine if that was black lives matter people who had the actual right to carry, walking around with guns like you that. You want me to tell you the difference? The, the, Plus the, right. the whole thing would be slightly different. No, uh, actually, you know, it happens yeah. on both sides. You know it what I mean? Be, and like how you said, complete. George Soros. You also have like people like the Koch brothers. Who actually support that stuff on the right? So both well, sides have. Whoa, 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 whoa! They support, both I'm sorry. <laughs> support what stuff on the right? They, yes, they support organizations just like George Soros does. But you try saying that they support violence? They put money towards violence. I'm not trying to say they don't. I'm not trying to say they don't put money towards violence. I'm saying both sides are guilty of supporting. No, I have to disagree extreme. with you there. I would have to disagree with you there. That's what I'm here's saying. The, here's the difference. Here's the difference. Black Lives Matter, uh, Antifa, they go out with weapons. They're going to use them. The uh, people that were protesting the Second Amendment right to bear arms were not threatening to use them and never created any type of violent situation. There's your difference. Have shots been fired on either side, though? Not yet. Right? What do you mean by that? I mean, thankfully, no shots have been fired on either side. You haven't seen any Black Lives Matter people who I don't necessarily support all the way, might I add. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a good faction. Well, well, hold up a second. A yes, faction. there was. Yes, there was. There was a gentleman who fired, had an AK-47, shot and killed, I believe, several police. 
Was it St. Louis? Yeah, uh, that was in Dallas. Well, St. Louis and Dallas. All right, well, time. I mean, how can yeah. I put it? You can't, how can I put it? You can't really necessarily hmm? associate one person with the entire movement. You know what I mean? Like, well, that guy may have thought he had the best police for what he was doing. He was absolutely dead wrong to be what he doing what he did by shooting those police well, officers sure. I mean, in Dallas. There, there, um, you know, and there's many there's people There's peaceful ways of doing stuff. Have, uh, there are, yeah, exactly. There are many people that believe in the Black Lives Matter that disagree with what happened in Dallas. You know, well, and unfortunately, there's probably many that do agree with what happened. Yeah. Well, we're getting off on uh, Black Lives Matter, which we covered last week, which I know that yeah. leads into. <laughs> but uh, well, back on topic. Look Antifa. at the leader of the Antifa. The leader. I mean, what? He's a lawyer and. A billionaire also, and he's probably connected to the Rothschilds family. I mean, come on. It, everything that he's the head of this group, but he is everything that they don't want. You know, it just seems well, to me that, that every millionaire out, or every uh, every person that we associate, for example, I'll say Soros because he seems to be the popular guy here uh, in the conversation. Every... Uh, uh, Every organization that that guy's associated with or he dumps money into seems to end up a violent organization. Why do you think that is, Rich? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 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 wow. I want to hear from our liberals. Yeah, but, <laughs> That's uh, right. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, for, for every article – how can I put this? All right. For every article that you could find blaming Soros for things, I'm sure I could go over there and go on Google and find things mm-hmm. blaming your side. I don't agree with everything right. that Soros does. That's for damn sure. You know, right. honestly, my whole opinion is you got to get the money out of politics altogether. You know what I mean? All that's right. one thing I yeah, liked about I Trump, that he was singing pre-election. That. Yeah, pre-election, I agreed with a lot of things that Trump said. Post-election, he seems to fall in line with the way that the system is doing with both sides, and that's what's unfortunate. Um, you know, like I loved Trump when he got up there in his first uh, debate. And he's like, I gave you money, I gave you money, I gave you money. And you know what? I call in a favor if I need it a few months later, a year later, whatever the case may be. And everything that it seems that he said leading up to the election, unfortunately, he has not really followed through with that much. Well, sorry to get off topic with it, gentlemen. That's all right. It's all right. It's an yeah. open discussion, so any, it could go anywhere. Go ahead, Rondo. Well, Trump has got to now deal with politics. Uh, yeah, I, when he got elected, I, I, I know I, I figured he would do what he could, we could with executive orders. But when you're talking about Congress, that's a whole new ball of wax. And he's yeah. dealing with factions on the left and the right because he's not an, he's not a, an ideologue. He's got Trump vision. It's what Trump figures is supposed to be. That's what he's for. But he's not anybody to, to, to put it in a certain co- context and say, well, this is what I'm about. No, it's, it's Trumpism. Yeah, and Trump right. has a hard time, too, because um, during the Obama administration, yeah, the the the, uh, the conservatives blocked a lot of legislation. Legis- leg- uh, I can't talk tonight. Legislation. <laughs> <laughs> blocked a lot of legislation, fortunately. But um, he always had the left on his side. You know, he was God Commander uh, Obama. Now you have uh, Trump in there trying to back up what he said during his uh, during his. Um, oh my God! <laughs> during his campaign. During his first hundred days. Yeah, yeah. During his campaign. During his first hundred days. And um, he 
he's fighting not only the left, but he's fighting conservatives himself. I mean, we're 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 pretty much uh, cannibalizing our own self because uh, we have a lot of prominent uh, Republicans that are going against Trump. Well, you know, I was like the gentleman that our liberal friend Eric, I believe it is. We're we're polarized now, and there's no <laughs> there's no agreement, there's no compromise, and you mix your you know. Fondly remember the days when the guys would got in the smoky room and work things out, and at least something got done. Somebody right. gave this, and you gave me that. But there's no more of that now. It's no, so it's totally great. polarized. So let me ask you, you know this, what? Rich. From a, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. And I'll ask for my question after you're finished. Go ahead. I know. Just how uh, Ronald, I think you said his name was. If I heard yeah, that correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah, how he was saying how the right's polarizing and reading each other. Yo, if you guys think it's bad on your side, you have no idea what's going on in the left. You have, Tom, <laughs> no. you, have Tom, you have Tom Perez trying to tell everybody everything's okay. You got Bernie Sanders and Tulsi Gabbard, who are basically the main people in the party now. But you have Tom Perez, Cory Booker, Liz Warren trying to mm-hmm. say everything's okay. And honestly, at the way things are going right now, I really don't see them even being any walk competitive come 2020, as unfortunate it is to say. Right, right. So, um, I, again, I appreciate you calling in because I know you're uh, you're quite outnumbered here as far as the panel is concerned. <laughs> so uh, you gotta give you got to give you an A for effort. Well, for hey, I do live in Austin, so it's not that <laughs> For being a true All right, gentlemen, let me get my point across here real quick, and then we'll, uh, we'll open it back up. So uh, with that said, uh, thanks for being a trooper for sure. But my question to you is, since you're, you you generally uh, tend to lean to the left, am I not correct on saying that? For the most part. All right. Wouldn't you say that the left has become a huge uh, – they've become more anti-American probably in the last uh, – since Trump's been elected than, than anything than, than they have before? Um, I wouldn't say anti-American to an extent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how could I put it? Um, all right, you know the whole Colin, the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, for example. All right, right. You know what he did was wrong. I'll agree to that. You know, mm-hmm. but you do realize before the whole Cold War started, you know, the whole "In God We Trust" wasn't on money. It was we didn't have that in uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, for example, and everything. Like things are a little bit different right. before then. We try to make it seem like we had this moral high ground over the Soviet Union uh, instead of them. And, you know, while technically we really did in that regard, um, you know, I just feel like okay, but the right feels like they have to cling to more traditional beliefs in that regard to try to keep a stronghold on the American thought belief. You know, like I get what Colin mm-hmm. Kaepernick was doing is wrong, but at the same time, he wasn't going out there causing any trouble. You never seen him in trouble for doing anything off the field or anything along those lines. And right, right now, the right. way that he's not getting a job because the way teams are afraid of the backlash they're going to get from people is unfortunate. And well, um, I think the reason he's not getting a job is because he sucks. But that's besides the point. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that too. I'll give you that too. I can see that. <laughs> Shot sorry, any 49ers fans out there? Uh, sorry, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, uh, not to, again, break the, the subject matter here, but, I mean, that's the great thing about the war room. We can jump from one subject to another and then come back to it again. So, I mean, it's it's uh, it's, it's great to hear all this uh, conversation coming out. Um, I think 
Kaepernick uh, could have done it a different way. And there's there's many ways he could have protested. Um, that's my and point. Yes, exactly. And got I'm his sorry. point out there. And got that's all right, Brado. Got his point across. Other than trying to make a spectacle, because we all we already know that the NFL does, doesn't like you to become a controversy. They don't like you to become no. a controversy, no matter who you are, well, unless you're true. Tom Brady. <laughs> here's, here's what right, I gotta no say. Go ahead, here's Matt. what I gotta say. What's wrong with being an American? You know, nothing. What's wrong with showing pride in American flag? What's wrong with saying singing our national anthem? I know a lot of things are dated. A lot of things haven't changed. I mean, shit. Our Star Spangled Banner is an old English pub song. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but what's well, wrong with, with having those beliefs and values of hey, I'm an American and this is what we do. This is who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I understand uh, we don't need to go flashing guns, but okay. You know, we separated church and state long time ago and got prayer out of school. Okay, that's fine. But just because you're Islamic doesn't mean you know you got to pray. So many times a day, you cannot come in here and pray on your carpet. Yep. You know what? Not... Hold that thought, Matt, because we're about to get into that subject. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. And that's that's right. I'm just saying, let's be American. What, what's wrong with that? You know? Yeah. I mean, my, I mean my it son seems told to me in school. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, my son was telling me in school they don't even do the Pledge of Allegiance anymore. I mean, I can't remember a time going through school where we didn't say the Pledge of Allegiance. Right, right, no. definitely. And we used to sing that other song. I can't remember my country. Tis a tis a v. We used to sing yeah. that in, in school yeah. as well. Beautiful, and, right? Is that? Yeah. I mean, it was a sense of. If you were back raised then, it was in Texas, of, you also did Texas. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, back then it was a sense of patriotism. It was a sense of of uh, right. of, of country of country and and uh, you know your place. Um, you know, I don't know what else to say about it. Back then, we we seemed like you know more. It seemed to me, anyhow, that a that a lot more of the people appreciated America than they do today. Um, and it and it just seems. And you know, no offense. I totally uh, um, agree. No offense to you at all. And and poor Eric last week, uh, he had to hear it from uh, two other. Conservatives too. So you, so uh, Rich, you weren't the only one that that was outnumbered here, and he he did a really good job last week. Uh, he was our liberal guest last week, and you know, and you're our liberal liberal guest this week. But uh, it well, just I mean, seems to okay, me, sorry. it seems to it seems to me today that the left has taken things way out of context, and it seems to me that they don't believe in America like the right does. I mean, of course they got differencing of opinions, but when it comes down to it. You know, what happened to just being American? Yeah. Now, all right. All right. Well, there's nothing wrong with being American by any means, gentlemen. I mean, both sides can agree on that. Um, mm-hmm. But basically what I think you're seeing happen right now is um, there's a big shift with what's going on in our country. You're never going to see manufacturing jobs coming back to America. All right. That's right. not going to happen. No. Technology is changing at a vast pace right now. Um, the best example I could give you is look at the car industry, for example. You know, back in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, whatever the case may be, you had X amount of men working on that line, assembling, like, let's say, 30 cars per hour. Nowadays, you have maybe four guys sitting there pushing buttons, and they're assembling 60 cars an hour. 
you're going to see technology taking away jobs going further in the future. And, you know, the right's trying to make it seem like we're going to be able to bring these jobs back. And the left, they're not trying to say these jobs are gone, for, for example. But I think what a bigger part of the allure is the right right now is they're making it seem like we're going to bring back manufacturing. We're going to bring back textile. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to bring these jobs back from China. And unfortunately, that's not really going to happen because those jobs are being replaced by automated machines. And no matter what we're going to do, we're heading for a very unfortunate circumstances because the population continues to increase and we're going to have less and less jobs, whether it's food service, teachers, manufacturing, textile, whatever the case may be, military because of things like drones. And we're going to have a lot of people who are not going to be educated to have jobs as lawyers, doctors, attorneys, whatever the case may be. And we're we're basically in for a shit storm, gentlemen. Is what but I'm trying to say. The left is also and, uh, the left is also um, making that problem worse as well by backing people that aren't educated that want to get paid fifteen dollars an hour to flip a Whopper or a, a Big Mac <laughs> Burger King, and cool. that could be all. Awesome. Well, I'm not saying. All right, all right, all right, I'm not saying that people who work in Burger King deserve $15 an hour. I get that. They could be replaced easily by machines like they have in Cheats, for example, for those of you who are familiar with Cheats. However, at the same time, there's no reason that somebody who works 40 hours a week should be determining whether they want to pay for their electric bill or to put food on their table. All right, There should be some sort of basic standing for people that they should be able to survive no matter what the case may be. All right, yeah, but, you know. But most of when you people, if you they, look back if you look back in the 1960s for example or the 1950s when the tax wages were a little bit different what businesses were being charged versus people and so forth that people were able to work you had a male who was able to go to work and work a 40 hour week provide food on the table provide transportation for the family help put a kid through college maybe even two kids through college on one person's salary nowadays you have two parents working both of them sometimes full-time jobs, both of them sometimes part-time jobs, and they're still unable to provide enough for their families because of the yeah. situation that we're in. Well, unfortunately, and, you know, uh, like I'm saying, it's most not, of these no people try to live. Most of these people try to live outside their means. That's the problem. If you can't afford well, this, you don't get this. You don't drive and escalate up to a trap house. Um, mm-hmm. You don't go and buy lobster with your food stamp. Okay, I get what you're saying there, and there are some people that really take advantage of that program. I've seen it myself. I've been in Walmart myself where I've seen a lady in front of me use three different food stamp cards. Excuse me, gentlemen. I've been drinking beer. Uh, okay. <laughs> I a woman in front of me in, in, in uh, Walmart used three different food stamps trying to buy a rotisserie chicken and not realizing that she couldn't purchase it because it was uh, – ready-made food by the company oh. and she had to use the cash benefit crazier than that so i get no i mean no, I, I, i'm just saying that's just my one example like yeah there is abuse that, that goes on with the system but for every shoot, abuse they'll sell them for system, 50 cents on the dollar <laughs> well yeah i i've, I've seen that too, a lot but of you know what that. else happens all right let's just say this hypothetically speaking and this is just the number i'm making up right now let's say four out of every 10 people who work 40 hours a week to get food stamps sell it for illicit means, whatever the case may be. The other 60%, maybe, and like I said, these are numbers I'm just making up, probably work 44 hours and use those food stamps for their family and still can't get by. That, that, I'm, right. I'm going to say the, the, the majority probably is there's more legitimate people working 40 hours getting food stamps and can't get by than people that use it illegitimately. 
But that's not saying that there is an oh. abuse going on. Yeah, hold on, I, I hold on a second, that. gentlemen. I got a guy. I got another guy on the line here. We want to try to get him in here. I think. Uh, um, I think it might be Kilroy, if I'm not mistaken. If not, it might be somebody else. Uh, 404. Uh, let tell us what your name is and welcome to the show. Yeah, uh, this is Naj. So this wasn't the guy you were waiting on, but I could definitely <laughs> weigh in on that on that discussion y'all having. I see y'all got my best friend on. Is that Sarge or? Hey, hey, uh, Big Sarge, how you doing? This is Big Sarge here, yeah, yep. Oh, okay, it's a different Sarge. I'm thinking another yeah, Sarge yeah, diff- another show. Yeah, you're thinking there's only <laughs> one Big Sarge, and that's me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you are okay. thinking of the other Sarge. But go ahead, man, tell us what, what's on your mind. Okay, uh, to weigh in on the food stamp program, first understand that any system you create to where you have millions of people within it, there's going to be some graft. That That's systemic. By anything, if you put candy at at your local job at the front desk and tell everybody take a piece and put a dollar in, you'd be amazed at how quickly that candy basket is not weighing out to what's supposed to pay because that's just institutional problems with any systemic thing you set up. Now, with food stamps, here's the thing. If you ever start to boycott or push against food stamps, guess who will step up first? Tyson. Purdue, all of these different big agribusinesses who depend on that money on the 1st and 15th. Because it's essentially the government transferring money from one to the other. So you're talking about a big part of consumption and a big part of the economy. And how that money gets spent... from the Department of Agriculture. Right, right. But how that money gets spent doesn't really matter as long as it's spent. So the person who sells half of their food stamps to somebody else uh, in order to buy some things that they wouldn't be able to buy with food stamps, that person puts that money back into the economy. It doesn't matter how it's earmarked. As long as it travels through the economy, we're fine. So I I, I would say the the biggest issue with food stamps would be this. The more people that are on it, that gives you an idea about the state of the economy better than when they give you the jobs reports that don't tell you those are part-time, you know, minimum wage jobs. The, The fact that a lot of people are on food stamps means Uh, We have a serious employment problem. We have a serious problem with people having jobs that actually they can make a living off of. And I think that's a good indicator of realizing it. But we've all paid into the system, so I have no problem with those people pulling that little bit of money out. Uh, My issue is our our big expenditures, which would be the Department of Defense and Health. Thank you. Those are the two big ones that we have to address and figure out going forward. Yeah. Yeah, and also the Department of Miseducation. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the Department of Miseducation like may be doing that. its job, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to yeah. say so that. Hey, but... See, hey, we got another we got another caller on the line. I'm going to try to get him in here. We actually weren't taking Indeed. calls today. We actually weren't taking calls today. But you know what? Well, since you guys called in, we'll give you a chance to just uh, be a part of the discussion. Why not? That's why we call it uh, Roundtable Friday. What do you think, Jay? You think that's good to go? Oh, absolutely. Bring them on. If I could just make one more statement, though, about the gentleman about the expenditures of defense. Something Benjamin Franklin said is that those that beat their swords into plowshares usually wind up plowing for somebody else. Yep, yep. Mm, All right, 845, you're on the air, 845. Who are you? Uh, Tell us your name, and uh, welcome to the show. Hi, gentlemen, it's Mike from New York. I just called in to see what the show is about. Mike, how are you? Well, What's how up, you doing, Mike? Mike? We're currently talking about well, Antifa and about 20 other subjects right now. So you know, we're <laughs> feel, free to, feel free to chime in on uh, on any, any anything you think about uh, as far as uh, um, 
talk talk to us about the uh, the the Berkeley uh, riots. What do you what do you think about that? I think it, it's a shame that it should come down to that. But uh, uh, is it true? I heard somebody was telling me that uh, some of these people that were rioting are facing years in jail now, some serious time in jail. Is the government going right, after absolutely. them? Absolutely. Yes. I heard that also, but I'm not. I couldn't verify. Right, right. It'll disappear. Oh, yeah, the, the, the kid in Baltimore got two years, and the kids that inauguration got, uh, I think, a year and a half. So y'all can look that up tonight. But yeah, they're going heavy on it. You know, speaking of which, uh, you know, the Baltimore riots were a few years ago, and the the mayor of Baltimore was blaming the the police force uh, primarily for those riots happening. Now, yesterday, she had uh, stated that you know Baltimore has uh, gotten the crime has gotten out of. Um, out of whack. The um, uh, one of you guys are feeding back. Um, I got gotcha. you. It was eight, it was Kilroy. Um, anyhow, she had stated that now a few years later the uh, the crime is 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 out of control. It's spreading into neighborhoods uh, that had not seen crime in years, and now she's reaching out to the police for help. And she stated. In her uh, in her address, <laughs> that she was absolutely one hundred and ten percent wrong about the police. What do you guys think of that? And uh, we'll just uh, keep the floor well, open on that. I think the police will do the honorable thing. <laughs> that's step really up nice. and do their job. It's really nice to see a uh, to see a uh, a liberal uh, face the music and uh, actually realize and admit that they're wrong. She's kind of like the uh, mystical unicorn. <laughs> can can oh, I comment on this Because I might upset some sure. people But can I comment go ahead, Okay, yeah, go First ahead. of all this is this is called a re-election campaign You, you appeal to the people Who are going to actually vote Who uh, vote actually matter Who are going to put you back in office So of course you do the 180 turn Now what she said <laughs> about the police During the time when she did That was because she thought she had the backing Of a certain community that she didn't end up uh, Having because those people Detest her uh, they sided with Mosley uh, instead of her. And if you look at that DOJ report in Baltimore, I think the things that were said about the police there are justified. So, I mean, it is what it is. But at the same time, you can't be the mayor of a major city and have a problem or a conflict with your police force because you can't operate a city without a police force. So at a certain yeah. point, you're going to have to come back around. Well, the well I think, I think it was also the, the, the attempted prosecutions of those police, which failed ultimately. That put a chilling effect on the police, and there right. was the judge reprimanded her, I believe her about that. I know there's a suit in the courts right now. Yeah, she overcharged. In, so I mean, what can in, you say? It, it seems in every situation, in everything that comes up now, the police are the whipping boys for every situation, and all we're doing is going out there every day, risking our lives to keep everyone safe. <clears throat> Now, now look, now that is an important thing because City Hall and the City Council set the policy and tell them what they want them to do. Quality of life, uh, you know, arrest. We want you to do certain sweeps in certain areas. So you lay the foundation, and then when they go do it, you come back and say they're too brutal. So the politicians are kind of eating out of, you know, (laughs) getting getting away with both well, the thing is that when police go out into these areas, they think that we're like, I mean, I'm like St. Jay when I'm out there on the, I want to come home. <laughs> you know, we've got people I, I, offing each other at a, record, at a record level, and we're going into those neighborhoods. We're automatically a target because of our shields. 
yet we're supposed to lay back and not do anything just because people can scream racism and everything else. No, we're going to do our jobs and we're going to do what it takes to keep people safe. And they want to prosecute us over that. That's fine. We'll go to court and then we'll sue afterwards. I, I, I agree with you, Jay. Most people, and being a cop myself, you know, most people don't understand. We go into some areas where the normal person wouldn't go into it. So quick for people to sit there and say, uh, you know, you should have did this, you should have did that. But we don't have that luxury of sitting there thinking about what our actions are going to be. You know, it's we want to go home to our families too. I mean, you know, stuff happens. I mean, the, the media doesn't show everything that really happens. I mean, I don't know how many videos I've seen of police officers get killed just, you know, doing, you know, because they're afraid that, oh, shit, you know, if I pull out my gun, you know, or I shoot this guy because I think, you know, he's, you know, he's making moves that, you know, my training tells me, you know, I, I, you know, to do something, but you see them, you see them die, but the media doesn't show those videos of, of all the police officers that are getting killed in the line of duty, but, you know, yeah, the, didn't we the just lose one in Philadelphia two days ago? What's that? I said, didn't we lose one in Philadelphia like two days ago or somewhere? Uh, we're losing them after all a over bank the robbery. Place. Yeah, we're losing them all over yeah. the place all the time. I mean, it's it's gotten to the point now to where I, I think we our, our job is doubled in danger in the past eight years than uh, it's ever been. I mean, oh, don't get me wrong. There, there's good cops and there's bad cops, but there are far more good cops than there are the bad ones. And what's bad? Yeah, is, you know what? As liberal, I agree to that. That's for we're sure. We're outmanned. <laughs> we are outmanned and outgunned at every corner. Go ahead, Rondo. Sorry, I stepped on. No, I like um, the officer. One of you gentlemen are, are, are is a police officer, I assume, right? Both of us are. Uh, J five O and um, I, How Morris. often do you train with you with your your piece? How often do you train? We have to recertify every year, and I shoot every year. Yeah, every I shoot, year. Okay. I shoot usually at least once a month. Okay, okay, but you—I like to think that you're a bit more than. Would you say that you you practice a bit more since you practice every month a bit more than most police? Yeah, but a lot of us are gun enthusiasts, so we, we like. Okay, to so yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, I have to agree with you on and that. The one, point yeah. I'm trying to make is is that when a policeman gets into the shooting, this is, he doesn't leave the house thinking he's going to kill somebody or shoot somebody. Many, I've heard, I don't know for sure, that many officers really have to pull their guns in their careers. Some, you know? And when the first time they do, it's very traumatic. But people seem to think that you're supposed to be trained you're like you're SWAT or something and have these ice-cold emotions and you tamp down, you, you know, your adrenaline and you're That's able to control all this. Say what? Special forces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I, I, and then you have to answer, but you really want special forces patrolling your streets? Do you really want that? <laughs> we got money <laughs> for things yeah. like that. Right. With governments like that. Yeah, well, what do you, you think, think Mike? What, <laughs> what do you think, Mike? My feelings, my feelings wouldn't be really well received by a lot of people because I'm very much redneck, very pro-police. Oh, hey, I'm oh, from Austin, so yeah. come on. If I had my way, the police would have one day a year where they would be allowed to clean out any cesspool that they know existed because they know where the hot spots are. <laughs> the purge. <laughs> Questions asked. Bring the purge on. The purge, yeah. Yeah, the purge. So, yeah, my, my feelings about it would be 
I'm, I'm very pro-military and pro-law enforcement, and uh, and I, I look at I look at the stupidity <laughs> of the riots and everything where they're destroying their own neighborhoods, and it's like I, I don't understand it. Well, yeah, well, it's no different than somebody dumping somebody's tea in the water. People who are upset <laughs> with authority, they are going to act out. That's just the way it goes. Right. But as far as as yeah. far as what you guys are talking about, here, here's the issue: Why do we have so many problematic areas that people are then uh, forced to go in and police as if they really have a shot at policing in a in a you know legitimate way that won't be under scrutiny? So that's the issue, the American economy, uh, the American education system. Why are we creating so many dead space areas to where so many people uh, feel like they don't have a shot, and at that point they're willing to do anything? So that's the issue. So the police can't be the judge, jury, executioner, but they also can't be the damn economist, president, and and legislator either. So we put way too much on the police, and then on the back end we want to put total responsibility on them. So I, I have a nuanced conversation about this. I, I criticize the police when I think it's necessary, but I also say that when you give somebody an impossible job, you can't turn around and act like that impossible job wasn't. I agree. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> clear. Now, now as, a, as, as a liberal on the subject, since I'm, I think I'm the only one here, uh, <laughs> I would like to start off by saying that I do have a degree in criminal justice. I'm not a cop, and I'm very pro-death penalty. I think it's a great way to save tax dollars. Well, you ain't a liberal then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there, there are certain... He's still in the closet. He hasn't come out yet. No, no, no. No, there's, there's certain instances with the police where I, I, I 100% back them, and other times I don't. You know, the uh-huh. best way that I could put it is, um, all right, um, you take myself, who's a white male, and uh, you put me in a car with a black male oh, here at 2 a.m. in the morning. You put me in uh, Oklahoma. You put me in Texas. You put me in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Albany, New York, wherever the case may be. If I'm in a car with a black male at that time at night, I'm going to be getting judged a little bit differently than if I, I was wanna, wait, who's driving? in a car. I wanna, okay. I wanna, I wanna, Chuck I Norris. I'm just saying. No, no, I'm just saying, all right. I can understand where the problem's coming from from Black America in regards to police to an extent. Like okay. uh, the case Hang in on. the case in New York City, the case in New York City where the guy got choked out over a cigarette. That's uncalled for. But cases like Michael Brown, I absolutely 110% back the police and what happened in that regard. You know, okay, now hang on a second. Background versus wait, wait, wait. Oh, I, I'd like to ask Eric about that. Yeah, I'm from New York, New York, so I'll ask you a question about that. I agree that the arrest was handled badly. I agree. Didn't he not have a right or, or a responsibility to comply? Because it was his noncompliance that got him choked out. If I he absolutely agree with that. that he, had car, a right to, he should have complied. But at the same time, to get to that extent over what it was, a little so uncalled So what do you think they should have? Well, what, they should have just let him go then. No, they don't. You don't just let them go. You try me. So you how are you going to arrest them if you won't you comply? Hey, my man, my man, the, the, the Garner case. The Garner case is problematic. There's much better cases that the police can make to where the other person was unruly and they were doing their job. Like no, the Garner case, I don't agree. know why no, you wait, want wait, to fight that way. Like, wait, wait, wait. I agree. The, yeah, the man was big. He had, he had a lot of health problems. Yeah, they, yeah, I agree. It could have been handled better. The whole, the whole problem lies into people not complying. You know, if if a cop tells you 
regardless, you know, to stop, let me see your hands. A person that's educated and has common sense knows and, you know, can follow directions will do that. You know, if the cop does something in the meantime, we all see what happens. You know, that's what lawyers are for. Let the lawyers sort it out if they abuse you or do something to you. But a lot of these guys are getting killed and, and getting into these problems Chuck. because they can't follow the simple directions. I totally and, agree with that. Yeah, but there has to be some self-responsibility exactly on, on the other side, too. You're the authority. If you assess the situation with Eric Garner and you realize he was just breaking up a fight and he wasn't on a, a, a cigarette salesman, uh, you know, kick again, then you walk away, you de-escalate the situation. So there, there, there's 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 a burden on that side too. We can't play this like there's just these all these citizens that just won't comply, and I had to kill them. Like we, we no, got to no, be more, no, we got to be more correct. discerning. I agree, with that. I agree with you on that, but sometimes people don't think. You know, when a cop gets a dispatch, you know, we can be told that somebody there has a gun. We're going mm-hmm. to that call thinking there's a gun right, in play. Right. Now we go in there and, and get everybody you know, either handcuffed or restrained until we can figure out what the hell happened. Because when you've got so many people and you're going into an area by yourself and there's a group of people or, you know, your, your mind's only thinking one thing, what, what came over the radio? You only know as much as the caller gave the dispatcher. And, Absolutely. you know, that's why, they, that's why they tell people, let me see your hands, put your hands behind your back. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it's for their safety and for your safety. And then we sort everything out afterwards. You know, I think yeah. most of the problem with a lot of a lot of these uh, instances is noncompliance. I mean, if you would, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now, whether whether I'm right or wrong, and a cop comes up to me and tells me, <laughs> "Get the hell on your stomach," I'm gonna get on my stomach. I'm not gonna I'm gonna be like, "All right." And then when I get on my stomach, I'm gonna be like, "What are you arresting me for? What did I do?" You know, I'm not gonna turn around and go, you know, "Screw you, please," you know, Mister Officer. I'm not getting on it. Who the who the hell are you? You know, yada yada yada. That's what happens, you know, when you resist. Stuff like that happens. Excuse now, me, I see my No. I got a perfect wow. example. A couple months ago, I got pulled over with a friend, and I was riding passenger. We got pulled over for the third brake light on his car being out, okay? And I didn't know but I had an old tollway fee that didn't get paid here in Texas from 10 years ago and had a floating warrant. The cop pulls me out. After 10 minutes of sitting there, and now one cop car turned into six cop cars surrounding me, when he told me to step out, put my hands in the air, put my hands behind my back, just do it. Comply. And then once he got everything worked out and found out what the warrant was actually for, everything was taken care of. I mean, yeah, I had to go to jail. I had to pay the warrant, you know, blah, 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 and got back out the same day but me being compliant put me in a better position uh for later on you know what i mean well now i I had my run-ins with the the police when i was younger and 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 growing up and everything and you know late uh before after i get out of the military um uh we all i also had another run-in with the cops and they weren't exactly, uh, even though I complied with them, they weren't exactly the nicest of people. And um, no, I'm going to tell you, like, like you said, hold, let me finish, Yardbird. Um, yeah. Like I said, like I said before, and I agree with uh, what Chuck Norris has said. There are good cops and there are bad cops. And um, I've had great since I've been in Pennsylvania. I, I've had, um, I've had some really great um, 
uh, interactions with police if they pull me over for, you know, I had my uh, inspection sticker out not too long ago and, you know, pulled me over. I didn't realize it, you know, and I was compliant. I, you know, he, I asked him what he goes, you know why I pulled you over? I said, no. And and then he said, well, because your inspection sticker's out. And instead of being a dick to him and, and arguing and fussing and fighting with him, I said, you know what? I apologize. I'll, I'll get it taken care of. And the guy never gave me a ticket. He just gave me a warning. He says, bring it back to the, uh, you know, to the pranks, the, to the uh, township the next day. And, or when you get it fixed and, um, you know, we'll uh, take you off the, uh, the, the, the warrant or the list, you know, stuff like that. We don't understand. People don't understand um, if a, a cop comes up to you or some type of law enforcement comes up to you and you start running away from them or you start giving them shit. They're going to fight back. That's what their job is. They're not going to be nice to you. So when I hear the left yelling and screaming about, oh, police brutality, police brutality. Now, I'm not saying all of them are, but ninety nine point nine percent of those uh times that that has happened it is because of non-compliance when it boils yeah but we 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 can't just make up figures out of the air 99.9 is not only ridiculous but it's to the point of propaganda (laughs) like look we've got some problematic police officers we've got some good police officers the biggest issue is the good ones flushing the bad ones out of the system uh i think we need to raise the standards and i think we need to raise the pay to the point to where we understand, like, look, if you get this job, it means because not only are you capable, but you fully understand the weight and the authority that comes with that badge. Because well, they, you're they, they, they need to be trained that way, then. They need to be trained. In the nation, man. Like, it's really important. I mean, once and, a year. Yeah, but I, I think – but I, but I'm not, I'm not knocking the training. I'm talking about just the idea of giving it more prestige to the point where you're putting more money into it, you're putting more uh, benefits into it, and you're letting people know, like, this is a very important function of society, and it has to be treated as such. And then that way you start to get the, the, the ruffians out of there, and you just got good cops out there. And then we can deal with it at, at, at that point. But when we got these, like the Department of Justice case in Baltimore and the one from Ferguson, you can read through that data and see, like, 99.9, like, no, it's not even close to that. Well, well here, again, you know, that I, was I, I say what you're saying. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hold on, guys. Hang on. That was, a, that was a figure that I just threw out there as far as saying that, if you come in contact with a police officer and you're non-compliant 99.9% of the time, they're going to be hard on you. That's a fact. Okay. All right. So, but yeah, anyhow, but that, I got, that's I got, not the I got, case in every situation though. And you're, 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 you're making the argument that that's the case. If you're, you're going to be non-compliant to a police officer, he's going to put you down on the ground one way or another, and it's not going to be nice. All right. We got another call. caller. Yeah, on I, I, depends, I agree with that. Depends, I agree with that, but that's not the case all the time. Okay, we got another caller on the line. That, oh, hold I on. I don't I think you would be able to do. It absolutely depends. Hey, hold we on. got a All right, we got another hold caller on, on the right. We uh, it's it's uh, I know it's hard to moderate when we got we got 12 callers on the line. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everybody <laughs> for calling in. This has been one hell of a war room tonight. So I want to go ahead and get um Alaska on here real quick and see what he has to say about it. Go ahead, Alaska. Hey, evening, guys. Good discussion. 49. Woo. <laughs> yeah, 49th state. What's up, hey, listen, listen, guys. You know, the, the other thing, you know, with the bad cop and good cop stuff, you also have to remember that when a cop pulls you over and he's not so nice and he's he's grumpy, it could very well be that he just came off a call that really took a lot out of them. 
Yep. You know, he 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 may yep. have just been at an accident scene where there was a kid killed or something like that, you know, and he's not absolutely not feeling real good. Agreed. You know, so you give him a give him a break. On the heels uh, of one that, of the you on know, the heels one, of that. One of the other, one of the other things I wanted to mention um, uh, earlier, we were talking about how come this is, you know, we've gotten to where we're at. <clears throat> well, I can remember when I was going to school. It was uh, 1964. The Supreme Court ruled that uh, you cannot do corporal punishment in school anymore. And I can give you my transcripts from my schools from that time period. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> from uh, the time I started school to 1964, I was an A.B. student. After 64, when it came down, to teachers couldn't paddle you or do anything to you. My grades went to uh, C's, D's, and F's because I didn't have to worry about getting my butt beat. And then they right. then they took the discipline then they took discipline away from parents. I mean, uh, yeah. you go into a you go into a store and watch a kid act very badly. Nobody says anything. But if you well, somehow my parents kid, didn't get that memo. I tend to think you're a bit older than that. <laughs> but if you're in it, but if you're in a store and a kid is acting badly, and the mother or father reaches down and smacks the kid, and and sets the kid in the cart or something like that, I'm gonna give him a high five. that child, <laughs> that parent is getting yelled at by every person in the store. Not in Louisiana. Now give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> now you know what he has a great point there. Uh, you know, and that comes back to uh, you know what we were talking about earlier. You know, ha- having the discipline and 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 growing up. You know what? I didn't grow up in the in in the in the greatest of circumstances as as many other people, you know, out there in the world uh, hasn't either. But you know what? Everybody's got a choice. You have a choice to to act good when a cop pulls you over. You have a choice to act bad when a cop pulls you over. So. You know what? I don't buy that whole bullcrap where, um, you know, you want to blame everything on, on the police. Now, I'm not saying that all the time it's that way. Like we said before, and I've stated numerous times, there are bad cops that do bad things that act bad. But a lot of the time there isn't. I haven't had but one instance in my whole life, uh, and I'm almost 50, that had anything to do with any any bad cop other than that one incident and i think in in almost uh, almost 45 years of uh, uh of being on this earth that's that's pretty damn good uh, in, in my opinion hey sarge uh, can, can i can i just sarge, make one man, final sarge. statement now I'll, I'll leave y'all alone look a country of 325 million we can't get up here and tell our own personal story and act like that it extrapolates all throughout society of course when somebody doesn't comply that person is putting fire on the situation. Those aren't the situations I'm talking about. I'm talking about when somebody does act badly. But I do want to commend y'all for listening to somebody who has a dissenting opinion, who wanted to put it out there, and and also salute y'all for the work that you do do. So understand, my criticism is not of people who are doing their duty, doing it well, and should be commended. Not at all. Right. I'm talking about the other ones. 
Bobby, and we can't act like those other ones don't exist because they were not having an honest conversation. So right. that's, that's so all we appreciate one. you coming on to the show, Doc, for sure. And you're welcome. No, anytime. thanks for letting me on. Yeah, no problem. You're, you're definitely welcome. Yeah, go ahead, guys. Before, before we dog, before we dogpile on this, because I haven't had a word in edgewise. All right, what I would like to say, very short. Don't look at my uniform. Don't see the uniform. See me as a person. When it boils down to it, I have three kids that I love with all my heart. I have a wife. I have a nice house and cars to pay for. At the end of the day, I am going home to my family by any means necessary. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we got five minutes left in the show before we got to start doing our um, – our, our final thoughts for the day. So um, I'm going to uh, say thanks, uh, Alaska. Thanks, Kilroy. Um, thank you, uh, Nas. It's Nas, correct? Is it Nas? Yes, sir. Nas? That is it. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, we appreciate you coming on to the show, uh, guys. Uh, but um, if I could ask you to go ahead and hang up right now, we got to get into our final thoughts here and close the show out here in a couple of minutes. Um, but I, I appreciate you guys uh, coming on the show, and you're more than welcome to come back. As a matter of fact, Nas, I'd love to have you back on the show as well. So, you know, be sure to check us out every Friday and Saturday, um, you know, here on Blog Talk oh, Radio. Most definitely, man. Thanks Saturday. a lot. You have a good night, man. Yeah, great having you, Nas. Yeah. You too, yeah. All right, all right. Let's get back into it here. Um, oops, I just put uh, – I think I put uh, Yardbird on, uh, on, on mute by what? accident. Uh, J five O. Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> it happens. Uh, I guess the the callers were dropping, and uh, uh, you know. But anyhow, uh, look, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, Al, I'm gonna we're gonna say this. I'm gonna say this once, and and, and leave the floor open for it, and then we're gonna close it out. Um, when it comes down to it, when it boils down to, is uh, you as a person, uh, the way you act, just like Golf Dog said in uh, in the chat room, when you act like you got something to hide, expect to be detained. When you act normal and comply, usually you'll be on your way. So um, the same time, Alaskan, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, you know, one, I, I didn't expect us to get in a whole conversation about police tonight, but, I mean, great. That's what the war room's all about, right, Jay? You had two policemen in here, man. It's bound to happen. <laughs> yeah, what else are we going to talk about? <laughs> yeah, true that for, for sure, for sure. And I, again, I appreciate Mike and Alaska and Nas for calling in. I mean, we had 12 callers in here, and let me tell you what, that was probably the the hardest I've ever had to uh, uh, moderate a a, yeah. uh, a, a round a round table. Yeah, I get thanks, uh, thanks, Herbert. A uh, round table um, than I've ever had to to moderate a round table. So I, you know, with all things, uh, you know, when we opened the mic up, I think it went pretty great. So here's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to add Mike. Mike, stay on the line. I'm going to get your uh, final thoughts as well. I'd like to hear from you. So um, we didn't get a chance to talk about um, the uh, is- Islamic problem. Um, in the United States here. So with with that said, um, we'll probably start talking about that tomorrow night. So we do have a show tomorrow night. Uh, for now, it's going to be every Friday and Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So be sure you check us out here on Blog Talk Radio at, at 10 p.m. Uh, both nights. Uh, of course, we're going to try to keep with the tradition um, on Fridays as our roundtable Fridays and uh, open topic Saturdays will be our uh, topics for tomorrow. I mean, it's a, it's an open mic tomorrow, whatever you guys want to call in. I don't care how many call in. I can go up to 50 people. Uh, <laughs> I could go up to 50 people. Um, 
in my uh, in my caller queue. So, uh, you know, the more the merrier. I'll open the floor from time to time where everybody can talk amongst each other. I think that worked really well tonight. What do you think about that, Jay? Oh, absolutely, dude. This is what the war room's about. And uh, like we always say, uh, they don't call it the war room for nothing, ladies for and nothing. gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. I'm going to let Jay start the final thoughts out tonight and uh, uh, and then we'll we'll go down from there. So, Jay, go ahead and start your uh, final thoughts. And, and ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are new on the show here and uh, what what I usually do at the end of the show, I give everybody about two minutes uh, to give us any of any any thoughts that are on their mind or any final thoughts or any suggestions or comments, whether it be about the show, whether it be about something on their mind or whether it be about something in general. So uh, with that said, Jay, I'm going to have you go ahead and start. First off, I want to thank all of our panelists for joining us here on The War Room tonight, especially uh, our liberal that called in. And uh, he took, uh, he took a, lot of, uh, a lot of flack tonight, and I want to thank him so much for being so candid and, and hanging in there with us. Uh, also, I would like to uh, thank, real quick, uh, A.K. Cog, Calvis LaPrairie, Christian Norris, Guest 2099, Golf Dogs, Hex Luther, Kilroy is here, Mary135531. Thank you so much, Mary, your regular listener, and the Alaskan for calling in and being in the chat room tonight. Thank you all for your support. We really appreciate it. Now, as a final thought tonight, some, uh, I've always heard that um, if you can't think of exactly what you want to say, someone else has always said it better, so I'm going to do a little quote here. We are all equal in the fact that we are all different. We are all the same in the fact that we will never be the same. We are united by reality that all colors and all cultures are distinct and individual. We are harmonious in the reality that we are all held to this earth by the same gravity. We don't share blood, but we share the air, and that keeps us alive. Wow, that's, that's pretty profound. Thank you, Jay. Um, so uh, final thoughts for you there, Mr. Uh, Yardbird. Oh, this has been a great show. Enjoyed it. Um, wish we could have got to the, um, you know, Muslims and uh, tune in tomorrow that, night. But I, I <laughs> will. I'll try my best. Definitely tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, but hey, okay. it, it's been a lot of fun. Good. Well, I'm definitely glad to, that you were were on the show tonight. And, and again, if you have free time tomorrow night, about around it's the same exact time as tonight. Um, you know, uh, feel free to call in, brother, and you're always welcome. And uh, we right. appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you coming on the show. So, uh, Mr. Chuck Norris, you're next. Give us a final thought, man. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate you inviting me on the show, brother. Um, it was good uh, being on here. It was good hearing uh, Yardbird's voice again after all these years. And uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I want to thank Rich for coming on, who's who's a buddy of mine. You know, him and I yep. over the years have been in some heated debates um but the one thing i could say about him is usually he has facts to back up all his stuff and i end up eating my own words so um but uh you know i'm glad that he uh came on and uh he was a, a good trooper for uh all the you know all of us uh being against him on it but uh you know he's he's a good guy um but i really enjoyed the show Good, good. Well, hopefully we see you, uh, see you tomorrow, around tomorrow as well, or, or next week. And again, uh, Chuck, it's it's always great to to have you, and it's been a while. And since you're still in the Harrisburg area, you need to bring your ass by and see me, okay? Will do, Sarge. Will do. All right. Again, thanks. I'm going to put you on mute. You can listen to the rest of the show as we go. All right. And uh, Rondo, as always, it's a pleasure to have you, man. Give me your final thoughts. 
Well, I, I'm glad my phone worked better. This, this is better, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. it's way better, man. Okay, good, good. Well, it was a pleasant discussion. I'm really enjoying this. I really am. And it was a, it was a very good show. And all that, that's about all I have to say. I enjoyed being on the show. I really do. Good, good. Always, well, you know. Go ahead, Jay. Uh, we always enjoy having you, Rondo. I really love hearing your perspective, man. I, I think highly of you. Oh, well, thank yep. you very much. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully we'll see you back here next week. And hopefully we might have to have you call in tomorrow if you want to as well, Rondo, because it's going to be open well, topic. Well, I'll see tomorrow, what I can so. do. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, as always, yeah. it's good to have you. Yeah. On, uh, and Rich, uh, you know what, Rich? You definitely had uh, had to uh, <laughs> listen to a bunch of us, you know, we conservatives, uh, you know, give you hell for this and hell for that. But you know what? I want to thank I want to thank you a lot for uh, coming on the show and uh, you know, it was last minute, but you know, you hung, you hung in there like a trooper and um, I definitely would love to have you back on the show. So Chris, if you can do me a favor and, and uh, forward his information to me uh, on Facebook, uh, Rich, if it's all right, uh, you can go ahead and add me on Facebook. Uh, Chris will give you all the information on that. So uh, Rich, go ahead and give me your final thoughts. Well, it's a shame I didn't get to chime in on the whole, you know, police uh, whole uh, conversation, considering I'm a liberal with a criminal justice degree. But that's okay. <laughs> I kept trying to say, I have a rebuttal. I have a rebuttal. But no one listened to me. But that's cool. There's always next time, gentlemen. Well, well I tell you what. <laughs> go ahead and give us your. Go ahead and give us your quick rebuttal right now. We got time. Oh, a quick rebuttal. Come on. All right. Yeah, you, you can you can make it part of your your ending your your final thoughts. How about that? All right, a quick final thought. Basically, all right, you know, Chuck, if you will, um, made it sound <laughs> so easy, like, oh, okay, I'm just going to comply and lay down. Great. That's great for me being an upper-middle-class white guy. I have no fucking problem saying, okay, I'll get on the ground because I know not a goddamn thing is going to happen to me. You can't say the same thing for every African-American in this community. And I guarantee you, you know what? I'll say nine out of every ten cops are good cops, all right? And that's just because of my education background. I agree most cops out there in the field are good cops and mean to do the best thing possible. But you know mm-hmm. what? There's cops out there, unfortunately, who live in, let's say, Tulsa, Oklahoma, who act the same way as a cop in Baltimore, Maryland. That cop in Baltimore, Maryland has to be a badass because that's what he has to do to survive and police in his community. The cop in Oklahoma doesn't have to be a hard as as much. So I can see where the black community has a rift with policing and so forth. But I also see where policing has a very big issue with the whole thing as well. And unfortunately, the whole thing comes down to education. Yep, I totally agree with you on the the education part. We'll we'll, we'll discuss that tomorrow, Sarge. We'll discuss that tomorrow. Yeah, I definitely would love to have you back on the show tomorrow. Again, it's open topic tomorrow, so we got some uh, definitely some good uh, discussions uh, to talk about. Uh, yeah, and Rich, for, uh, Rich, uh, we really, ahead, Rich, we really, yeah, um, Rich, we really appreciate you having you. We really appreciate having you on the show, and I know it hasn't been uh, too easy, but you know we had twelve uh, folks um, in the, in the, uh, in the call queue open mic, it was kind of hard to, uh, to moderate that. So forgive me if I didn't let you, uh, get a word in edgewise. I won't let that happen again. Go ahead, Jay. Yeah. And Rich, I want to tell you, dude, I know I lobbed a lot of missiles at you, man, but, uh, I really appreciate you being on and I look forward to having you again, man. Uh, great, great POV and, um, look forward to talking to you more. 
And last but not least, um, Kilroy, a.k.a. Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Give us your yes. final thoughts. Well, you know, we we touched on it a little bit, but not enough. People want to blame the police and everything. I don't think it's the police to change. I think it's society. And we sat back and we let society turn into this. And then we look at the police and say, what happened? Why aren't you? It's a society that's changed. And, uh, I mean, we let a lot of liberal attitudes get out there, like like, like Boyd touched on uh, from up in Alaska, where we've – We've taken responsibility, accountability off the table. Values, we've changed them. Family values and everything, and then we wonder what happened. Uh, so I, 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 blame, I blame society in many ways. Well, well, not, uh, no. well we appreciate you coming on, Mike, and uh, as always, your perspective is uh, well-received here in, in the war room with uh, Big Sarge and J5 we hope to see you tomorrow, or I hope to definitely see you back here on Friday as well. Um, I think tonight uh, it was uh, it was great. Uh, we weren't planning on taking callers, but we took callers anyhow, and it actually ended up being quite the conversation among everybody. And again, forgive us, you know, at moderating, uh, we didn't uh, um, we we tried to moderate the best we could, but uh, you know, when you have twelve people on, uh, you know, on the call list and they're all open mic. You know, it's kind of difficult to uh, moderate that. But we did the best we could tonight. I think it turned out great. And I think Jay would have to agree with me on that. So my final thoughts. The world is forever evolving. But I'm beginning to struggle with some of the changes and what I consider to be standard behavior. What happened to courtesies like thank you, excuse me, hello, please? What happened to calling your neighbor over for a barbecue? Some people don't know their neighbors. I'm one of those people. I hardly know my next-door neighbor because I hardly see them. Where is politeness? Where has it gone? Where did the outrageous and unnecessary rude behavior come from? Humanity has allowed itself to be molded, shaped, and led into a condition that is of no benefit to the mass of humankind. So does this make me afraid of our future? Answer is no. Our children can change that. The next generation of children will become our future leaders. Mold them, teach them, love them, be stern, and instill in them the ethics and morals of our greatest generation. We must decide as parents to point our children in the right direction. If we do not, all hope will be lost for our future. Decision is the spark that unites action. Until a decision is made, nothing happens. Let's make the right one for our future and for our country. Good night, and thank you all for coming. God bless you, and God bless the USA. And I want to thank everybody uh, for tuning in tonight uh, to the War Room with Big Sarge and J5. This is Big Sarge, and we'll see you tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Blog Talk Radio. Glory.